Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of Grown Up Kids. I'm Katie. And I'm Megan. And today we're being joined again by our good friend, Sarah Brookhart. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. She texted us like at 8.30 this morning and was like, one hour. <laughs> True. Uh, well, this is an exciting one because today we're going to be discussing Cinderella. Finally, out of the package films, as much as I love Walt, I am ready for this kind of animated film. I've done my waiting, like 12 <laughs> episodes of it. No, right. There is a little rough patch there. <laughs> um, okay, so it is time for the 30 second Disney Dash. Let's go first. Ah! I'll Megan. Go, I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> I, I now, I mean, I guess you guys have probably caught on. I haven't been preparing these. I think it's kind of more fun to just like go for it. Oh, oh. it makes it impressive. harder. It makes it harder to like make sure you stay within 30 seconds. Yeah, I don't like it. So you can have that responsibility. Okay. Ready? Yes. <laughs> Go. So we have Cinderella who lost her father and then is stuck with her evil stepsister and evil stepsisters and evil stepmother and Lucifer the cat and um uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, and then the prince needs to marry somebody, so he sends out an invitation for a ball and then everybody goes except Cinderella's not allowed. But then she finds a way to go with her fairy godmother, gets all dressed up, and then it's midnight, and then all, everything falls apart, and but then she finds the prince. Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> did she make it? Yeah, she made it. Yeah. Wow. Seconds to spare. I did not put as much detail in there as I wanted, but I got the story Your across. detail was in you the... You did. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you for... Picking it back up together. That was good. I know. I was like, I'd oh, have been done. no, I lost it. Spiraled out of control. <laughs> I'll um, go next. All right. Okay. Ready? Set. Go. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Cinderella. Even after her father dies and she's forced to serve her evil stepmother and sister, she remains kind and compassionate. The kingdom throws a ball with the help of a fairy godmother and mice friend. She sneaks away to go, dancing with the prince. Midnight strikes. Loses the slipper. Everything returns to as it was, except for the slipper remains. The prince searches for the girl he dances with. Tries all the girls in the kingdom try on the slipper. Cinderella gets it and <laughs> happily ever after. <laughs> Shoot. I, my like last sentence was all crazy. <laughs> How'd like, I do? Did yeah, I do it or panic coming? <laughs> you did it. 25. You did it. 25 seconds. Oh my goodness. <laughs> your face. I wish everyone could see your face. <laughs> that was amazing. <sighs> I turned a bright cherry red. <laughs> uh, mine is not that good, but. Are you ready? Yeah. Ready, set. Go. After her father passes away, poor Cinderella is forced into servanthood to her stepfamily. The kingdom announces a ball where every eligible maiden is invited, but her evil stepfamily does everything to keep Cinderella from going. But cue the FGM, she saves the day. Cinderella makes it to the ball, dances, and falls in love with the prince, and has a happily ever after after the shoe fits. Um, excuse me? What? First of all, that was 17 seconds. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> 
second of my all, my chin is on the ground. <laughs> you're such a liar. Why? That was good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and prepared, and way better than mine. <laughs> and mine. Okay. She was like all calm, cool, and collected. I know. Okay. You know. All right. I have two disclaimers. I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> I have two disclaimers. First of all, we're going to call the fairy godmother the FGM because (laughs) that is my mom's nickname for her. The FGM is my mom's all-time favorite character ever in any Disney film, and that's like a thing in our household. The FGM fairy godmother. She came up with that. I don't know. Yes. Second disclaimer, I have a terrible cold, so I'm sorry if I sound like a man or really nasally. I promise it's actually me, Megan. I'm here recording. <laughs> Alrighty. I was trying to think of like a manly version of Megan, but I couldn't. Matthew. Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. You know no what idea. came in my head? <laughs> Megor came in my head. <laughs> you made me sound like, like a troll or something. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh gosh, I feel like we have the giggles already. Yep. Yeah. Okay, let's get into some history. So, Cinderella took two years to make... Um, It was finally released on February 15th of 1950, and it's based on the fairy tale Cinderella by Charles Perrault, and it is the 12th Disney animated feature film. Oh my god, I said 12, and I didn't even do that on purpose. Oh my goodness. Meg, you're a genius. You didn't even know it. I was actually just trying to make a connection to Sirius Black, but it ended up working out perfectly fine. (laughs) Okay. Uh, At the time, the studio was suffering from losing connections to the European film market because of the World War, World War II, and also um, Pinocchio, Fantasia, and Bambi did not do well at the box office. I don't know why, but they didn't, uh, because they're great. (laughs) But it does say that they became a lot more successful after several re-releases in theaters and coming out on home video. The company was like, listen, these are good, all right? Yeah. Watch them. Watch them. Right. <laughs> um, so at the time, however, Walt Disney Productions was over $4 million in debt and on the verge of yes. going bankrupt. And I just have to say, shout out to Walt, because I would have thrown the towel in many years ago at this point with this endeavor of his. $4 million I... in debt in 1950. Yeah, that's a lot. Right. <laughs> my God. Oh my goodness. I know. I always think, like, when we feel, like, down and out, we're like... Just think of Walt. Like, he went through some tough times. Yeah. And, like, mental breakdowns and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's it's possible to come out of it, for sure. Yeah. I think of him and J.K. Rowling, like, all yes. the time, the two of them. Like, I can't believe that they totally just turned everything around. But that's probably a conversation for another day. Um, <laughs> Walt Disney and his animators turned back to feature film production in 1948 after producing... A very long, long string of package films. <laughs> I'm sorry, Megan's guys. not bitter at all. <laughs> I, I appreciate the art of the package films. I just really missed some Snow White and Bambi, Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. All right. That's where it's at. I know. Um, so this is the first Disney film in which all of, quote, Disney's nine old men worked together as directing animators. And, like, Walt actually called them this. They were, I have a link. Let me open it. 
So they were the core animators at Walt Disney Productions and then later became directors who created most of the most famous cartoons. They actually did Snow White together, but then, you know, stuff happened with the wars and all that kind of stuff and like things just kind of got scattered and then they came back for Cinderella. Hold on, didn't I just say that Cinderella was the first one that they did together? Yeah. But as directing animators, maybe they oh, were right, different right, right. animators. Okay, right. that makes no. sense. Thank you, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking and then, it And then they worked together all the way up until the rescuers. So, and wow. they, they were referred together. They were referred to as the Nine Old Men by Walt, as I said before. However, unfortunately, all of them are now deceased. Mm. So... The last survivor was Ollie Johnston, who died in 2008. Yeah. That's the year that I graduated high school. <clears throat> it's 10 yep. years ago. It's nuts. I know. It wow. Like yesterday. Yeah. Um, so it, uh, Cinderella became the greatest critical and commercial hit for the studio since Snow White, and it basically reversed all of the debt that Walt had. So this one movie undid all of that, which is awesome. Um, Find your Cinderella, man. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, it is considered one of the best animated American animated films ever and was selected by the American Film Institute. So they have a list of 10 films in like each category. And Cinderella is number nine on the list of 10 for best animated films of all time. And I took a look at that list and all of them are Disney except one. What's the one? Shrek made it onto the list. So DreamWorks has one good. on there. But there, wow, I what's think number one? The I'll just list the top ten for everybody. Yeah. Um, number one is Snow White. Number two is Pinocchio. Three, Bambi. Four, The Lion King. Five, Fantasia. Six, Toy Story. Yes. Seven, Beauty and the Beast. Eight, Shrek. Nine, Cinderella. And ten, Finding Nemo. Which is the newest wow. on the list. Wow. Finding Nemo is the newest film. I movie. wonder what I bumped. Yeah, I don't know. And mm. also, I have a hard disagree with Shrek going before Cinderella. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Look, Shrek's good, but it's got to be yeah. a 10, right? It, and think of just, like, Cinderella's impact on, like, pop culture and... Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's got a bigger, um, yeah, impact. I guess maybe Shrek is for the adults. I don't know. What? I love me some Shrek, but... Uh, okay, so it received three Academy Award nominations. Um, one was Best Sound, the other Best Music, and then Best Original Song for Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. It did not win any of those, which I, again, think is a hard disagree on my part. Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo definitely should have won. What, did because... Shrek win those? No, but I looked up what they were, and, like, I have no idea what they... I, I've never heard of that movie before. I'm like, clearly Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo has much bigger influence on culture in general than right. whatever one because i don't even know what it is and it's not important so <laughs> <laughs> but for real everybody knows bibbidi bobbidi boo right so decades later however it was followed by two direct-to-video sequels cinderella 2 dreams come true and cinderella 3 a twist in time and then in 2015 there was a live action adaption directed by gilderoy lockhart aka kenneth brownock what <laughs> I did not know that happened. <laughs> yeah. Him. But did he actually direct it or did he just take credit for directing he it? He probably just took credit <laughs> for it. I wonder who actually directed it. I don't know. We'll find out probably many years from now when Harry Potter <laughs> comes to the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fun facts. 
Katie's time to shine. Yeah, I'm actually excited about these fun facts because, like, I really like this movie. Not that I didn't like other ones. I also want to say, Cinderella 2, Dreams Come True, that is another thing that Disney pulled out of nowhere where they, like, used Dreams Come True, like, for stuff in the parks. That's like a, that's like a phrase that they use all the time and... I mean, I guess I can't say that Dreams Come True came from the Cinderella 2 sequel, but... Right. I don't know. It's just I don't mind the second sequel, I've never seen it. Mm -hmm. I haven't. Aren't you guys going to do it? We are. Oh, yeah. Yep. On Patreon, this week, actually, Cinderella 2 will be out. And maybe next week we'll do Cinderella 3. I'm not sure. So. Cool. So if you want some extra cool content, head over to Patreon.com. I know, I was kind of like leading you guys. She's got our back today. I love it. I do. All right, so some real true history here to start off. So the story of Cinderella actually dates all the way back to the first century BC. It's crazy. This is a pretty old story. Um, So it comes from an ancient Greek geographer who spun the tale about a slave girl from ancient Egypt whose sandal was snatched by an eagle. And when the sandal is recovered by a king who admires its beautiful shape, he seeks out the owner and eventually makes that woman his wife. So, a little different. So, an ancient Egyptian slash Greek tale. Yeah. (laughs) That that eagle's rude. But then Cendrillon, which is what... Ours is based off of the one we know and love. I'm sorry, our cats just freaked out, and you probably <laughs> could hear that on the microphone. Um, <laughs> that one is that looks French, right? Looks like it to me. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like there's like old posters that Disney even sells that says Cendrillon on it. That mm-hmm. I don't know if you can hear my cat in the French hello. pavilion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, so, yeah, we have um, more. the more popular published versions arrived later on. So there's Cendrillon by Peralt um, and Ashen Poodle by the Brothers Grimm. Ashen Poodle. Ashen Poodle. I don't know. So that sounds German. Yeah. And the, ooh, but the then Brothers the Grimm one. the based off of a German castle. Mm-hmm. How do you say it? Noschwinstein Castle in Look Germany. it up. It's beautiful. Maybe we'll Literally post a link. Literally looks exactly like Cinderella's castle. Bizarre. And really? It is the known inspiration for Cinderella's Castle. And if you go wow. on an Adventures by Disney tour to Germany, they take you to Noschwenstein and tell you about how it was inspiration for Cinderella's Castle. Bucket list. Not that I've ever done that, but I would love to, and I've done a lot of research on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then some. let's get into some facts about the actual movie. So Eileen Woods, who is the voice of our Cindy, she didn't even know she was auditioning for the role. Uh, Mac David and Jerry Livingston, who wrote the music and lyrics for the film, God bless them, they're amazing, mm-hmm. um, asked her to record a demo of S- Sing Sweet Nightingale, Bibbidi Bobby Boo, and So This Is Love. And when they presented it to Walt, he was like, no, she's it. She's the perfect fit. And she got the job. Um, so the soundtrack was also a trailblazer in its use of double tracked vocals. So you guys remember when she's washing the floor and she's singing Sweet Nightingale? Mm-hmm. Um, that was, at, like, I don't know if this is the first time they ever did this. I don't know. But uh, Walt had Eileen harmonize with herself on a second and third track for that song. So after he heard the final recording, Walt said, how about that? After all these years, I've been paying three salaries for the Andrews sisters when I could have paid one for you. <laughs> That's why he's $4 million in debt. Right. It's all their fault. 
<laughs> I thought this was cute. Lucifer is actually based off um, Ward Kimball's cat. His name is Fitzy because he had six toes. Aww. And when Walt was visiting Kimball's home, he who he saw the cat and he had the idea. So the whole time I was watching this film, I was just like picturing this being an actual cat. He laugh. reminds me very much of our actual cat, Iggy. Yeah. If Iggy was evil, he'd be Lucifer. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Rusify. Rusify. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this whole film was actually shot in live action before the animators hmm. even started drawing. Because it gave them a better idea. I know. I thought of that the whole time I was watching it, too. It's crazy. Um, so You're ruined. I know. I ruined it all. <laughs> um, so it gave them a better idea of, like, how they wanted the characters to move. Um, so actress Helene Stanley served as the live-action Cindy. And she was also the reference for Anita and 101 Dalmatians and for Aurora and Sleeping Beauty. So I guess this is a thing they just did. Which is kind of smart. Probably why they're so successful. Yeah. With, like animating the movements of people and making it look yeah. as realistic as possible in that time. I mean, it's also fluid, you know. It it's is. incredible. Um, so one of the scenes that was cut from the film actually altered the ending. So in that scene, the Grand Duke actually found out who Cinderella was and brought her to the castle. And after she presented him to the prince, he was surprised, though not disappointed, that she was a servant and not a princess. And then the FGM shows up, transforms her back into what she was wearing at the ball. Hmm. It's just, like, that's a totally different... So, like, Cinderella found him? Well, no, no, no. The Grand Duke just found her and brought her there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know if there was any, like, locking her up in her room or anything. That made for a very dramatic ending, though. It did. <laughs> With the evil I just mother. love, yeah, Lady Tremaine's face when she yeah. pulls out oh the other gosh, slipper. I know. She's like... <laughs> we were making fun of that while we watched. That's, like, a meme. That's, like, it's yeah. crazy how, how, like society moves forward and like now yeah. it's like still a part of our culture but in a very like modern way right like a 1950s <laughs> so movie is used as a meme right it's great that face and the face she makes when cinderella drops, drops the, the tea. tea yeah it's like the same but <laughs> it's so good there's another one too when she knocks on the door while they're practicing the sing sweet nightingale oh my gosh yes and she's I like yes <laughs> <laughs> so funny Sometimes the internet's a wonderful place. It really is. Mm -hmm. um, so Jacques, Gus, and Bruno were all voiced by the same actor, which sounds mm -hmm. kind of weird because, like, Bruno doesn't really have a voice. But uh, his name is Jimmy McDonald. He also voiced Mickey Mouse for a very long time, Chip from Chip and Dale, the Dormouse from Alice in Wonderland. Which Katie's never seen. <sighs> I'm getting there. Goofy, um, he did the TikTok of TikTok in Peter Pan. Mm -hmm. The chorus of the Howling Dogs in Lady and the Tramp. Uh, various Donald Duck and Winnie the Pooh cartoons where he was like buzzing bees, various animals in the Jungle Book, and Evan Rude the Dragonfly from the Rescuers, which oh, I do remember I him a little Evan bit. Rude. Doesn't he push them in their little leaf boat? Yeah. Yeah. He's got a cool mustache. <laughs> <laughs> An earlier version of Cinderella actually gave Prince Charming more screen time. There was a scene where the prince is hunting a deer in the woods, but then it's revealed that they're actually friends. So even the prince is friends with animals, so really... They were, were meant, meant to, to be. be. Yeah. Jinx, you owe me I a feel cup. like, oh, <laughs> I feel like they have that in the the live action one. They've like kind of given him oh, that. Yeah, you're right. That that additional screen time. So maybe they were influenced by that. I've right. only seen that movie once, so I kind of forgot about that. But but I'm glad we did now because I know what she's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just bought that movie yesterday. We bought a lot of Disney movies yesterday. I saw that picture. <laughs> and I was very impressed. <laughs> Thank you, used movie places yep mm -hmm. 
So as Meg was saying, Cinderella definitely helped save Walt Disney. In some ways, this film was the biggest risk of his career. The studio wasn't doing well. Their last hit was Snow White. Um, they were so that $4 was, million dollars in debt. That was 13 years between hits, yeah. like massive hits. And think of how, like, many people in America and around the world were not doing well because of the war. Like, right. who's going to go to the movies? But at the same time, I know that there was also, like, now that life was good again, people were enjoying, like, more leisurely right. things. So probably, like, the timing on that was just perfect. Yeah, he got lucky. Um, Cinderella is considered to be a big roll of the dice for Disney animation. And if this movie lost money, who knows what would have happened. I think this was, like the last straw or nothing even for walt which is that's saying something yeah <clears throat> i liked this fact a lot at 19 or 20 cinderella is considered to be the oldest of all the disney princesses hmm. so tiana is right behind her at 19 anna from frozen is 18 snow white is the youngest at 14 and this is all true unless we're counting princess leia then she would be officially the oldest i guess in this day and age we should count princess leia shouldn't we it's true but we could just talk animated. Right. She's the oldest. <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. I think that this is... See, in terms of, like, the classic Disney princess movies, Cinderella seemed, always seemed the most realistic to me because she was portrayed as being a little bit older. Like, it wasn't... That's one. That was one reason why I was wasn't really a fan of Snow White because I was like, she's fourteen. Are you serious? <laughs> like that doesn't even make Hold sense. On. But yeah, and then I think that they've been doing a lot better with it with the more current Disney princess movies. But I even think Anna and Elsa seem older than eighteen. They, per- I feel like they act older, than especially 18. like Elsa because she has to be like so mature and controlled. Well, Elsa's probably. 19 or 20 i would right. guess she's a little right. older well she's probably she's considered a queen so she might not have been mm. on the same list yeah once again coming in clutch today <laughs> <laughs> the, the knowledge that exists in my brain is useful in very particular situations such as these it. <laughs> same it's fine <laughs> so that scene where the FGM transforms Cinderella's old rags dress into that beautiful blue ball gown. I'm literally going to cry thinking about that scene. Like, it's so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's said to be Walt's favorite piece of animation ever. And I mean, true. Because yeah, I it's... like, I have chills. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. There's like no other word to describe it. The sparkles and... Oh, it's amazing. And the music, like, swells. It's perfect. I know. I get, Now I got chills. Woo! Um, so as far as, as far back as Snow White, Walt always wanted a scene where a princess and a prince dance, like, among the clouds. So it was briefly outlined for Snow, but it was cut because Walt felt it slowed the film. It was storyboarded for Cinderella, and Eileen Woods even recorded a song called Dancing on... Dancing on a Cloud for it, but it was scrapped again. So we don't actually see his vision come true until Sleeping Beauty. Which is pretty soon, ah, really. Yeah, so we'll get there soon. And last fun Probably fact. Probably in like five months. I don't know. Is it really that far? <laughs> it's a while. There's a lot of live actions. <laughs> so, last fact. Did anyone catch the hidden Mickey in the bubbles during Sing Sweet Nightingale? I, I do believe I pointed it out to you. <laughs> I wonder if that's like the first hidden Mickey. 
I don't know. Oh. And like, I wonder if, I mean, I'm sure that it was intentional, but I don't know if it was because it's just three bubbles. Happy but accidents. like, it could be a happy accident or he could have done yeah. it on purpose. I don't know. Either way, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. From turnstile to turnstile, let's talk theme parks. Welcome to Park Hopper Podcast. Hello, my name is Peter Brookhart. My friend Dom Evco and I believe that there's no better way to experience your favorite Disney movies than when they come to life in the theme parks around Central Florida and the rest of the world. Park Hopper Podcast brings to you weekly installments where we discuss everything theme parks, from the attractions, to the food, to the great entertainment that you can find every day. All right. Characters. Uh, actually, a lot of what I put in here you said in your fun facts. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> so I wanted to pull up the good old trusty Wikipedia article on Cinderella because there's actually a lot of fun information in here. You know, it's funny. Our other podcasts were like, eh, we don't use Wikipedia. But on this one, it's like Disney stuff there's for Wikipedia is good, really good. <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of good info on here. And then there's also a Disney Wikia. Which is pretty. You know why? Because there's too. a lot of more. There's a lot more speculation with Harry Potter. Disney's like facts. Disney this is just out there. It's yeah. so old. Right. It's more don't... history. And... Right. Yeah. Um. So, while we mentioned that the, you know, critically, Cinderella did amazing, and financially it did amazing, but in talking about like Cinderella's character itself. Some people were critical of her as being too passive and one-dimensional and then less interesting than some of the film's supporting characters. I don't know if I agree with this. Like, I guess I can see what they're saying, but at the same time, like, I really view Cinderella as a strong female role because, yes, she's passive in the fact that, like, she is listening to her stepmother, but I think she's almost doing that, like, because, like, in memory or honor of her father, like, my father loved this woman, I thought, I'm gonna mm-hmm. do this for him. Go ahead, Katie, sorry. No, it's okay, I can wait. Uh, and then I was, I was just gonna say that, like, well, here it says other critics found her endearing, charming, and timeless, which I absolutely agree with. She's definitely one of the most timeless princesses, I think, that Walt ever made. Um, and go ahead. Um, I really like one of the one of the quotes from Walt about Cinderella that people have, you know, kind of what you're going off of saying that she was passive and whatnot. But um, something that Walt said was she believed in dreams. All right. But she believed in doing something about them. When Prince Charming didn't come along, she went over to the palace and got him. So it's like she, I also heard like she wasn't even like pining for a prince. She just like wanted a night, a, a night away from the life that she was given and that she respected and like kind of was just accepting of. And yeah. so it's like, she actually like, took the action to like go to the ball like the fairy godmother obviously helped her a lot but she could have been like oh i don't know like something less extreme than right gets out i mean C- cinderella never had to she didn't have to like hope well no she did hope which is why it happened the way that it did because i can just jump into the fairy godmother here i'm sorry you wanted to add something go ahead <laughs> 
I don't like that I she. <laughs> I don't like that people will criticize her for being and just call her passive because, as we see in definitely in the live action, but like it can be inferred in this, she believes firmly in like be kind to people, mm-hmm. be kind to animals, treat everyone with kindness, Clearly. even if you're getting dumped on. Right. You know, think good things will come to you if you stay strong in your beliefs and in who you are, and we see that it does happen that way. So that's how you should live your life. I'm sorry. I'm just saying that in talking about Cinderella right now, it literally encompasses Sarah Brookhart. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm serious. Biggest compliment I've ever gotten in my life. (laughs) No, but like we talk all the time and she'll like she always talks about like how her and Peter live her life and like everything is just about kindness and like you want to be kind Mm -hmm. to others and that's what brings you good things. And like that's literally Cinderella. Like, you're Cinderella. Right. Peter's wow, Prince right. Charming. You can tell him <laughs> <I saw> <laughs> okay, I will. But it's true. Like, the other part of that that came across in the live action was have courage and be kind. Mm-hmm. And I feel like both of those things are so important that she had courage to dream and hope for more and not just be like, this is life. Like, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's true. That's just how you should live and yeah. how if you don't live that way, like, I don't know, like, you feel unfulfilled because mm-hmm. it seems disgenuine. So it's, I don't know, it's a good way to live. Well, good what, what good is it doing you to be, I mean, not as extreme as Lady Tremaine, but, right. like, what good is it to be, like, nasty to someone else or even just snarky to someone else? It, it doesn't do anything good. So if you're like Cinderella or even remotely like Cinderella, I mean, everybody would just get along a lot better. Yeah. And seeing as our new thing now is to sort the characters based on Hogwarts house. I'm going to say Cinderella is totally a Gryffindor. I think she is. I mean, her motto in the live action is have courage and be kind. And she's totally courageous for going behind Lady Tremaine and going to the ball. Going to the ball in general was courageous because... There were people who were against her in that, and she just, right. like... Even, like, you thing. didn't even... We didn't see much of, like, the class difference, but obviously she wasn't of royalty or even of high status. Like, she was right. a servant. Mm-hmm. But also, she worked her tail off that day to get all of those chores done right. to go. And she was, like, okay with going with, like, her mom's old dress. She was just, like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love her. Right. She's... Just because you're kind or caring does not mean you're weak. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so I will jump to Fairy Godmother because I think that it kind of is a nice transition. So like, as we said, Cinderella had hope to go to the ball. And that's why the Fairy Godmother even came to appear by her. Um, so... It says, as she herself explains, the fairy godmother is the embodiment of Cinderella's hope. She didn't appear until Cinderella was at her weakest point in the case of the film, the moment Cinderella nearly loses hope of escaping her abusers and living a better life, and introduced herself as a physical beacon of hope. Um, When her arrival nears, twinkling lights will surround the area in which the fairy godmother is to appear. Said lights will then gather and form themselves into the fairy godmother. I just got chills again. (laughs) <laughs> it's such a good like 
backstory to a character, you know? It's such a good metaphor, too. Right. That's actually the word I was looking for, but I couldn't think of it, and I just <laughs> made up a sentence. <laughs> I like her, her other quote of, even miracles take a little time. Like, yes. I feel like there's um, a lot to be said with having patience, mm-hmm. um, and not just, like, expecting things to change or whatnot. I just, I think that that overall is just a solid quote by her and she's not even in the movie very long but she no. like again has like such a long lasting impact on I don't know society and pop yeah. culture and such mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just love that she is like the it says the physical beacon of hope and it's mm-hmm. like and when Cinderella is at her absolute weakest like there's still a tiny little speck of hope in her to bring the fairy godmother, fairy godmother around so it's yeah, it's just such and, a good message. And Cinderella doesn't even feel like she has any hope left in her, but the fairy godmother says, "Nonsense. If you'd lost all your faith, I couldn't be here and here I am." So the fairy godmother knows for Cinderella. She's like, "No, you did have faith still. You had hope, hence why I'm even here for you." So I love her. <laughs> um yeah. although, you know, don't look up what the fairy godmother looks like in Tokyo Disney because you'll be very disappointed. <laughs> She's very scary. Oh and my it's, God. it's also very strange to see Helena Bonham Carter play the fairy godmother oh, yeah. in the live action because she's so pretty and like blonde <laughs> and sparkly and you're like, where is Bellatrix Lestrange? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then like I can hear her still and I'm like, oh, that, there she is. I yeah. hear her voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, also, the fairy godmother is supposed to be, like, the motherly kind type of, like, the motherly um, figure for Cinderella. The lady that voices the fairy godmother also voices Dumbo's mom, Mama Jumbo, and the elephant from the Jungle Book. Among other characters, but those are the two I can remember right now. Cool. I like it. I guess she likes doing elephants. And mm-hmm. fairy godmothers. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Actually, I think she's a fairy godmother in Sleeping Beauty, too. <gasps> yes, she is I one think of she's them. one of them. She's, I think she's... I can't remember. I don't want to say it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're Not <correct>. Meriwether. <laughs> um, okay, so next up is Jacques and Gus. Yes! And Gus is my spirit animal. <laughs> I love him. He's so cute. He brings me so much anxiety, though, when he's trying to carry all the corn. I'm like, <laughs> take Just one. go. I just, I just wanna... one time I I wish I would watch it. <laughs> I and... just I just want to tell him I'm like just eat one of them and then you can go. Just I eat like, one. I like how mad he gets the second time they all like <laughs> pop out from under him because that's like me. Like I would just be like, all right, mm-hmm. I've had it. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah. he does it again with the beads on the necklace. Doesn't right? learn. I know. Yeah. So Jacques is the leader of the mice. Zoop zoop. um and he is shown to be the first of the mice to actually confront lucifer so that's very courageous and oh we didn't sort the fairy godmother hufflepuff hufflepuff definitely yeah kind loyal a a true hufflepuff knows a good hufflepuff when she sees one (laughs) she's also like cutely scatterbrained yes where she's like, yeah. I she's put like, my wand? She's oh, like a little, she's got a little sense of humor, but she's still like yeah. a very good role model. I love her. Okay. Yeah. Jacques. He is the only one brave enough to take on Lucifer alone. 
Um, so <laughs> that scene. I'm feeling a little Gryffindorish here with Jacques. Yes. Uh, he cares for Cinderella and thinks of her as a mother or a big sister, possibly. And he holds a brotherly bond with Gus, who we see them together on a very regular basis. How Jacques is very smart and thinks and moves quickly. Maybe a little Ravenclaw in there. Hmm. Is he know. a Gryffindor? A Gryffindor. Um, so Gus is Jacques' best friend and rather dim-witted compared to his best friend. However, uh, his number one priority is making sure that his belly is always full. And, <laughs> and that's fine. Sometimes that's people's priorities in life, and it's whatever. Despite his small size, he's extremely brave to, po- to the point of recklessness at times. Um, and he... I love whenever he, like, puts his fists up at Cinderella, like, oh, I'm in a oh, yeah. <laughs> He's this tiny little He's got, like, one eye closed. Yeah. Um, but then Jacques tames him. He's like, no, no, no. She's a friend. She's a fine. She's fine. Mm-hmm. We like it here. She's nice. <laughs> yes. He might need to be a Hufflepuff because he needs to be near the kitchen. Yes. Oh, I agreed. agree. Agreed wholeheartedly. Um... And poor Gus also is the main target of Lucifer because he's so slow and fat. So he probably would taste the best out of all the mice. (laughs) Peter and I were jacking Gus for Halloween last year. And Eve was Lucifer. Oh, God, that's cute. (laughs) Eve is our dog. Yes. And she's really cute as well. She kind of looks like Lucifer. That's a super true Halloween costume. Dog to cat. I love it. True. So, speaking of Lucifer, he was largely created for comic relief. As Katie said, he was actually based off of Ward Kimball's actual cat. Um, and his design was largely... Oh, I just said that. He's clever. <laughs> <laughs> He's clever, cunning, and not foolish, contrary to his mistress's daughters. Lucifer makes me laugh so hard. Lucifer's facial expressions are a oh, like... When he finds Gus and he like has his palms open, that oh, I'm like gonna cry. (laughs) Yes, I saw that this time. He goes up the stairs and he's like, (laughs) (laughs) he's one of my favorites. Oh my god, I didn't realize. Like, I just always thought he was like. I've only seen this movie a handful of times, very small handful of times. So Mm -hmm. watching it again, I was just like, oh my god, he's hilarious. He's not just like an evil cat. He's funny. I can't wait for Katie to become, like, a true Disney nerd when we have a kid and I make her watch all these movies on a daily basis. Yeah. I'll have no choice. So I like to always stray from putting evil people in Slytherin, but I think that Lucifer is probably a Slytherin. Even though he's, I guess, clever, cunning, it's still Slytherin. I almost wanted to put him in Ravenclaw, but I'm not sure why. Well, he is clever, which is a Ravenclaw trait. But that's trait. also Slytherin, and he's more cunning. So. He's super cunning, which is why I lean towards Slytherin. And he's quite ambitious with catching he's those mice. He's very so. ambitious. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah>. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Well, the sisters will not be in Slytherin. I agree. I there. No, they shouldn't. Neither is Lady Tremaine. I think, that, I think that Sarah O'Malley is going to be unhappy where I put Lady Tremaine. <laughs> I know where I'm going to put them all. <laughs> um, okay, so Bruno is next. He's very loyal and understanding to Cinderella. However, he has little patience for Lucifer. Who doesn't blame him? Nope. And usually causes him to get sent out of the house due to Lady Tremaine's rules because he will antagonize Lucifer for good reason. <laughs> or rather, Lucifer, Lucifer antagonizes sets him. him up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor puppy. He's totally a Hufflepuff. He's very loyal to Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I have a Bruno plush. He's so Aww, cute. Oh, that's, that's cute. so cute. Mm-hmm. We have Lucifer and Bruno when that's it amazing. when it came out. Then. Mm-hmm. It was re-released or whatever. Alrighty, Lady Tremaine. Ugh. I, just, I love her so... style. Yeah. <laughs> I think that what I like, makes... Like her... Oh, you broke up. What did you say? Oh, I like her... Like, I like her earrings. Like, I like her yes. color palette, which yeah. is kind of a weird thing to say, but... No, I like it, too. <laughs> the deep purple and, like, turquoise. Yeah. Um, she... I think what makes me dislike her so much is how, like, real she is in terms of a villain. She's not this, like, evil witch sorceress. She is literally just a stepmother who is really mean. She is, like, what, you know, like, people, there's a stigma around step-parents. Like, yeah, she, she is that she's stigma. Like the epitome she's, of that stigma. Yeah, she's probably the reason. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least for our generation, definitely the reason why that is even a thing. Um, mm-hmm. So she doesn't harm Cinderella physically at all. She just psychologically harms her. So she's, like, psychologically abusive to Cindy. Um, And she is motivated by her jealousy of Cinderella because she views Cinderella as very beautiful, um, graceful, much more beautiful and graceful than her daughters. Just like the queen from Snow White. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very similar. Don't be jealous, I think in... (laughs) <laughs> in the live action film, they give a little bit more of her backstory. Um, and yes. I, 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 I've only seen that actually once, but I think that she did like love her husband very much. And it's like kind yeah. of a whole psychological thing where it's like, because Cinderella's dad still truly loves Cinderella's mother. There's mm-hmm. also like that aspect to it. And Cinderella looked like her mom and yeah, people can't get over things sometimes. Yep. Jealousy is probably one of, like, the worst things that you can have, almost. It causes I feel. a it lot causes of It causes so much yeah. negative to everybody involved with those feelings. It go- yeah, it's a, it's a deep, deep emotion that really messes with your head, mm-hmm. if you let it. Yeah. Um, so Lady Tremaine is a socialite. She really cares about her status in society, and it would basically put her at the top of the top if one of her daughters married the prince, which is why she is so obsessed with having one of them um, get chosen by him at this ball. And I'm so eligible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I definitely place her in Ravenclaw, I think. She's just... I said that too, and I don't really have a good reason why. She, okay, this is why I think, because she always, she's clever. Like, she comes up with these clever ways to keep Cinderella mm. out of the way. She's sneaky with that. Um, she's wise in a evil In an way. evil way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> no, I, I agree, too. Alrighty. Just saying. There's no bad Hufflepuff. We'll find one eventually. <laughs> okay, lastly, here we've got Prince Charming. Well, okay. wait, you forgot Anastasia, Anastasia and Drizella. They're, they're my favorite. I don't know if you guys <laughs> knew that or not. Like, because actually, I was from working in Frontierland, 
and being able to see the celebrated dream come true parade mm. every day and they were in it and like they're so fun to interact with in the parks they are and maybe it's maybe it's more so that connection to them that i have but like i have like two barbies of them like or like they're not barbies they're like disney brand right but like that i got since the college program and i just think that they're like so funny they are funny and i don't know they're like my favorite villains just because of how they interact i heard that we learn a lot more about their background in cinderella two and three so i'm excited to watch that because i know at least i was reading a little bit on anastasia like anastasia First of all, both of them are a product of their environment in terms of how Lady Tremaine raised them. But Anastasia is, I read online that she's like, has this romantic side to her. She really like wants to find the one and like just have this like love together. And she, she's not really as evil as they make her out to be in the first one. Like she kind of comes around her character a little bit. So I'm excited to watch those to kind of learn more about their characters. But at this moment in time, they really annoy me. (laughs) And they are, though, as Sarah said, like they are really, if you go to the Disney parks and you have the opportunity to meet Anastasia and Drizella, they always, I think they always meet together. I don't think I've ever seen them separately. And they are so much fun. They do yeah. such a good job at interacting with you. I've never they're met them myself. They're always hilarious. But I've, yeah, I've heard seen... walking by. And yeah. Funny. Yeah. They're loud. They. I've seen pictures of them like head first with their legs out into Dumbo. Like <laughs> so like funny photos of them like around the park. <laughs> and sometimes they're at 1900 Park Fair, which is like a nicer restaurant at the yes. Grand Floridian, which is a deluxe resort right outside Magic Kingdom. And Cinderella is also there. So, like, you see, like, them, like, giving her, like, dirty looks from across the room (laughs) and, like, following their mom. Yeah. And they pose really fun. Yeah, they're fun in the parks for sure. I gotta gotta meet them. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't believe we never have. I know where they meet. I mean, I have. I can't believe that I never took you two. No. Anyway. I don't think. God, I don't know. I have a horrible memory. Okay, <laughs> Prince Charming. Most everything that I had to say about Prince Charming, Katie said, he has some deleted scenes. Um, so the prince originally played a larger role. He had a lot more character development than he ultimately received in the final version of the film. It says, though, that we learn a lot more about him again in the sequels. Um, in one abandoned opening, he's shown hunting a deer, but then they're friends. Katie already said that. Um, That's Bambi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, It does, to expand on the alternate ending, it says here that the prince is surprised to learn that he fell in love with a merely modest servant girl instead of a princess, but his feelings were far too strong to be bothered by this, and he embraced it. And then he also had a solo number at one point entitled The Face That I See in the Night, in which he's saying about how he couldn't stop dreaming of the mysterious girl who stole his heart at the ball. I want it. I know. I need that in my life. I want to hear it. And then there was that other song that was recorded by... Yeah, um, Dancing on a Cloud by Eileen Woods. Wow. I want to hear it. Wow. I feel like everybody, you know, this is the prince that people say, oh, you want to find your prince charming. Like, Mm -hmm. that's like a lasting name. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's kind of funny that that's obviously the big impact that this movie has had on culture yeah prince charming is 
Yeah, I mean, like, nobody talks about Prince Philip. Poor Prince Philip. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, they don't even have a name for the prince in Snow White. People automatically just, just, like, call him Prince Charming sometimes, too. Yeah. Like, like, no, that's not Prince Charming. Prince Charming is Cinderella's prince. Yeah. A.K.A. the prince of princes. Prince Charming. (laughs) 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 What would his house be? I can't decide. I don't think I know enough about him to really sort him. Right now, right, he kind of doesn't have much of a personality. Like, I don't know. I just I can hear his voice saying, "I have to find her." You know what? But like, (laughs) I know, I know where he's at. He's a Slytherin. I'm I'm claiming it. Slytherin. He's ambitious. Let's hear your reason. He is ambitious. That's true. Gotta find the girl. He will stop at (laughs) nothing to find this girl. So much that he makes his father send the duke around to every single house in the town. He can't sleep until he finds her. No. Literally, he's falling asleep at the So ambitious. I agree with that. I like that. Yeah. Slytherin. I could could join that. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our favorite parts. God, I'm going to have a really tough time with this because... The whole thing, just the whole thing, you know. I have very specific Go ahead, you moments first, that yeah. I love. I need to think. So. Um, <laughs> most of them have to do with the visuals. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things is Cinderella opening up the blinds to like let the light into the house when she's about to bring them tea. Yes. And it's just like you see this long hallway and she like opens them and it's just like this really gentle moment. I don't know. It's just really beautiful. Um, my other favorite scene is after Cinderella's dress gets torn apart and they leave for the ball, she runs through the house and as she runs, the light, it's like the house is dark and every room, like the lights turn on as she goes and it's just like, again, visually stunning. Like obviously she's crying and upset, but it's like this momentous, it's not just, oh, she's whining on her bed. It's like she's like, this energy is just exuded out of her. Like you can feel it so much through like, the traveling through the house. Um, oh, shoot. I had one more. I'll just leave it at that. Those two are like, just like visually. I, I love those parts. Oh, oh no, I remember it. Um, <laughs> we, we quote this all the time and it's when Jack is explaining to Gus Gus who Lucifer is and he goes, he's mean and sneaky. <laughs> he jumps at you, fights at you. And he like goes crazy. We say that all the time if we're like, if someone's in a bad mood, we're like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just I cute. do love that part whenever his, like, his little tail is up and it's like yeah. fluffy like a cat tail almost. But yeah, and he's jumping. Um, I actually was going to say the part where she's running through the house as well. Um, because I, I, I guess I never really thought about or realized until yesterday when we watched it how visually amazing that scene is because she's running and then all of a sudden you can like see her go in a door out a door and then you can tell she's outside I think and you see her through the window but like you're watching from the top of a stairwell and looking down and it's just it's like so cinematic yeah like the composition is so beautiful and then she runs out to the willow tree which is another one of my favorite like scenes how she's like crying at that bench under the willow tree and then the transformation of the pumpkin is probably my next favorite um, 
animation wise like i just love seeing how it's this little pumpkin and then it just gets bigger and the vines get bigger with the and music you can, oh. yeah and like you can see it forming and then all of a sudden it's this beautiful white pumpkin carriage um and then the dress obviously i feel like i just have to say that again because it's just so gorgeous yeah all right i'm gonna take a different track on the more comical side because that's, that's just who i am <laughs> but I've, I've got a couple though anything with lucifer hands down but that one where Lucifer's he like hilarious. he finally finds which teacup gus gus is under <laughs> and he like does that <laughs> that tongue like out dance. face oh my god i can't handle it it's just so seriously funny. yesterday when that happened she's like hold on this is the, the best part's coming up right here hold on and then, <laughs> and then he did that dance and she just lost it i was like oh my god <laughs> it's so funny it's like you don't expect that to happen and he's just so goofy i love it um, that, I really like the opening scene when c- the clock wakes up Cinderella and she's like, oh, that clock. Yeah. yeah. Get up, you say. Time to start <laughs> another day. And she just gets up and does her stuff. And- Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And then. Even he orders me around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So- it's so relatable because, like, I hate my mm-hmm. alarm clock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then finally, I really love, um when the mice make her dress for her that whole song and just like how they want to be so helpful to this person who's been so kind to them it's just so sweet and super catchy obviously i bet all the mice are hufflepuffs except Jacques, who's gryffindor yeah i agree yeah they're just so helpful yeah and sweet and thoughtful i just love that little must like we can do it yeah. <laughs> I like when Gus Gus is like, I'll cut it with these scissors. And it's like, Gus Gus, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> She's like, leave the sewing to the women. Yep. Yeah. You go get some trimmings. Yeah. God, it's just so, so cute. And it's just so sweet. Yeah. Favorite yeah. character? Lucifer. <laughs> Lucifer. <laughs> um, I think that mine is... A- the combination of Jacques and Gus Gus together. Yeah. They're just so Me funny. and Megan are two alike. We have the same answers. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, Gus Gus for sure. I do like Bruno, but he's kind of just like, he's not the, one of the main characters, but I really do like he's sweet. Yeah. I like Bruno too. Oh, I like the evil stepsisters too. <laughs> I just like I like them all. <laughs> um, do we have a least favorite scene? In terms of story, I guess I really, I really hate watching Lady Tremaine walk up those stairs slowly to lock Cinderella in her room. It just, like, rips my heart out. God, because she's, like, she's so in love and just, like, on air, like, on cloud nine, and here she comes and, like, you know something bad's gonna happen. She's walking up this long staircase. And it just takes forever for her to get up there, and it's, like, anxiety building. Yeah. I guess the one thing is they do, they show that the key is in her pocket, like through her dress. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like a little, like that's like the hint of like this, this storyline is so real. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's probably just like a, I don't know, like a design choice. Be like, I wouldn't have, I would have like rather seen it pop out the top than it be this like mythical, like. Oh, the key is in there. You know, I actually, that's something that I thought of last night when I was watching it, and I was like, "Why did they do that?" Yeah, <laughs> like you don't, I because I always kind of felt like Walt's reasoning behind doing these tor- sorts of films was because like he wanted to prove that animation could 
be like real you know like you could make these movies and make them feel real and make them so well done and then he like threw that in there i was like why'd you do that yeah because like it could have been so easy to just have it the little tiny tip of it like stick out of the top of the pocket and it would have even if it had like a little tassel on it or something like they could have designed the key to be able to be seen or something like that right yeah, I agree. can you hear Eve? Sorry, I heard one bark. It's okay. Our cat okay. was literally like yelling the song of his people a little bit ago. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What's yours, Kate? Least favorite. I'm just gonna go least favorite character. I don't like Lady Tremaine. Uh, she is the worst. She just like like you said. It's kind of like the Umbridge. She is mm. like Umbridge because yeah. you know there's. He likes cats. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh my god, it's a thing. Um, you know, there's the Voldemorts and there's the evil queens right. and like the Ursulas and like that. But then but there's then, relatable evil yes. that is almost worse. Then there's the like real human evil where you're like, I could see someone being this yeah. mean and nasty and that's horrible. Like, I will never know an evil queen, right? Right. Because like, that's not mm-hmm. possible. But I could know a Lady Tremaine. Right. And that's what's, yeah. And she's just like. And the laundry. Do it. <laughs> and this. Wash it. It's so mean. It makes me want to like, her in the nose. Walk in the door of her room and yes. she's just laying there like I know. I'm about so to ruin your whole entire day. Yeah. And life. She's like yeah. sitting there petting her cat all Doctor Evil style. And I hate how cats are always associated with like evil people. It makes me sad because they're so sweet. Well, we yeah. have a list of cats coming up. True. Oh, yeah. But it is nice that Lucifer isn't defined by Lady Tremaine. Like, he has his own goofy... A lot of people don't realize he's a boy, too. That's something else. That people just, like, think cats are girls and dogs are boys. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that is true. Wouldn't he be called Lucy? (laughs) Rucifi. Rucifi. There must be something about him. He's me! (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally going to do that from now on. Um, okay, what we took away from the movie? I think that it's to have courage and be kind. Yeah. I'm also going to take away the fact that this has been, and I love what this podcast is doing for me because I didn't grow up with the princess movies. Like, I don't know if, I've never been like a girly girl, a Barbie girl, I've never clung onto the princesses because my mom didn't watch them watch them either she liked lion king and aladdin and those kinds but like aladdin's a princess movie okay listen i loved jasmine <laughs> um but, i loved esmeralda mm-hmm. you know i didn't see that movie until way late Katie. big surprise um but while doing this whole like rewatch is like really making me these these princesses aren't they aren't the girly girl stigma that you think of instantly. Like, not Snow White. Sarah changed my mind on that. She's super courageous <laughs> and brave. Cinderella, she's super kind. And she's not just, oh, I need to fall in love. I no, really, she's amazing. Yeah, like, I really don't view Cinderella as passive in any way, no, shape, either. or form. I don't know where that came from. Like, you can maybe get it if you're just looking at the big picture. Like, oh, she just lets the evil stepmother walk all over her. It's like, but she gets out of it. Like, she she herself gets herself out of that situation with help. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But I'm just glad that I'm not viewing them as just, like, the um, damsel in distress anymore. 
I don't see that. I see them as like strong, powerful women. Like Cinderella is hilarious. I related to her in the first scene where she's like yelling at the clock, like, oh, I gotta get up again, you know? And she then she goes out and has this night and she's just, she just had a good time. She wasn't looking to fall in love or anything. Yeah. Cinderella's pretty great. Mm-hmm. I'm taking away character appreciation. <laughs> Cinderella is my mom's favorite. So, like, I feel like. She, my mom grew up like with a single mom, you know, had a lot to do a lot on her own and like kind of thought like, okay, this is how things are going to be. But like her relationship with my dad, who is like more of like a dreamer and a doer, like she feels like the real life Cinderella. So I think like the most, what I take from it the most is like how relatable it is. Mm -hmm. Even if it's on a small scale, it doesn't mean you have to be a princess. It's just like living a better life than maybe you were given like it it's almost like it doesn't matter what cards you were drawn it's like you make the most of your life yeah and like you said sometimes you need a little help sometimes it takes a little bit of time but agreed and it's okay to accept help some people have trouble with that yeah definitely yeah i like that especially yeah like cinderella like does all the work herself at home Mm -hmm. but it's like always for other people so it's like sometimes you need that little, like, hey, do this for you. Yeah. yeah. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. <laughs> and live your best life. We'll just throw all those things <laughs> I do. I love her, though. Before we get to the Disney memory, I had to stop Meg talking about this last night when we're in the car. <laughs> this is the problem with, like, doing a, a podcast where you talk with mm-hmm. your wife because like we want to just talk about stuff all the time i was like you right. need to stop because we're recording tomorrow morning yeah we need to talk about it um so we're super stoked that we're out of the package films and but aside from that we realized how different this film is even i will even say from like bambi and dumbo but also definitely the package films mm-hmm. this film the quality of this film the quality the feeling the storyline everything is totally different it's perfect and this sets the tone for everything everything that follows follows now so like what i was saying to her last night is if you think about it before i stopped her in the beginning of the timeline of walt's movies we had snow white dumbo pinocchio and they were all very like sporadic in terms of their success and critically and financially but Then we got into the package films, and this wasn't really what Walt wanted to happen with his studio. It just kind of did because of the war and, you know. Needed some funds to get to the next one. Animators went on strike at first, and then they went to war. And it was just like a really bad combination of things for him, and I feel really bad. But you can tell that this is the turning point for Walt Disney Animation going forward like you can tell you know not saying that Snow White, Dumbo, Pinocchio, Bambi aren't good but those films have a different feel I think compared to Cinderella going forward in terms of their storyline their storytelling the animation Even like the style of the animation yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it's just like a very different feel and I can tell that this is when the success started happening I was even thinking while I was watching it because, like, so the the package films are, like, tiny little stories that never got to develop 
into a feature film because one they didn't have the money two they didn't have the time Mm -hmm. they needed to just throw something together so like i was trying to take different sections of cinderella and imagine if it was shorter a short film and i'm like i i don't know why but i wouldn't find this interesting right but in this movie i'm not bored Uh i'm totally entertained it all flows together like he actually got the chance to create a full film and took the time to do it and it really paid off yeah Go Walt. <laughs> Any last thoughts before we move on to our Disney memory? Nope. Nope. Okay. No, sorry. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week, uh, that comes from Jordan Bennett. Again, thank you for having an easy name. So Jordan says, I didn't get to go to the parks as a child, much to my dismay. Finally, I was able to go to Disneyland in 2016 for a run Disney marathon. Those are so fun. Oh, wait, wait, run Disney weekend. Sorry. My favorite memory from that park would honestly have have to be walking the 5K with my little sister and seeing Radiator Springs Canyon Town all lit up. It was our first experience in the parks and it was absolutely breathtaking. That's then- a great first view of the park. Yeah, it's amazing <laughs> there. We then ventured through the park to see Bugs Land, the Ferris Wheel, and then into Magic Kingdom. Disneyland Park. Oh, Magic Kingdom and see the castle for the first time. The entire time pointing out the amazing detail that goes into the parks and how well it was done. Overall, it was an amazing way to be able to see the park for the first time and really soak it in. First trip equals best trip ever. I did the same at Walt Disney World with my husband in 2017. The 5K before we even set foot into a park, however, that memory is more race related. We were enjoying our nice run walk intervals through Epcot when the poor poor guy started getting super winded. We started mainly just walking. We are nearing the finish line. Every race I convinced them to join me. We race to the finish. Starting they like about 100 run, years. They like it, run to the finish line. I'm really struggling reading today. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the man beats me in the sprint, but I have him on distance. The winner typically pretends we are winning the race by throwing our arms back, tilting our head up, and, well, that pose. <laughs> Instead of even bringing it up, I happily kept walking. We had long days ahead of us at Magic Kingdom, Epcot, and Universal. Woo! 40, yard, 40 yards out, my wonderful husband took off at a sprint to the finish line. I'm a second or so too late and follow him. I had almost caught him, but he caught the finish line first. The photo that was captured by far is my favorite photo ever. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Last but not least was completing Dopey Challenge. Something I feared I would never finish due to injury turned into the most amazing marathon experience I've ever had. It was also a solo trip, so seeing the parks and doing what I wanted was amazing. What I wanted, when I wanted, was amazing. Mm-hmm. I have so many more, but those stick out the most. Apparently, all my favorite Disney memories involve races. Hopefully, when we go next time, no races to be seen that week, I'll make some more that don't have to do with races. But that's fine. Yeah. To have your memories be with races. We did the Princess 5K whenever we and lived down in Florida. Mickey's Jungle Trek. Ooh. Mickey's Jingle Jungle. Jingle Jungle 5K. I made up a name. Okay. I'm really struggling but at those, the end of this episode. I mean, they're really fun, though, because, you know, I mean, doing a 5K, like, in a city or something is, I would think, I've never done it, but I would think it's obviously not as good of scenery as a <laughs> Disney park. But the 5Ks at Disney, like, you're literally walking through the parks and it's really fun. Like, we did the the um, Disney Princess one was during Food and Wine, so it was at Epcot, and that was really cool. And then the Jingle... There's different characters too and like yeah it goes by really fast i feel like yeah oh yeah all the fun stuff to look at that isn't usually there Mm -hmm. the jingle jungle one was a animal kingdom Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, they'll bring out like special characters that you never really see in the park that you get to meet along the route. It's fun. Yeah, it's really cool. So thank you for your memory. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you. She also sent us some pictures that were really cute. So did she send us the picture of across the finish line? I don't remember now. I'll have to go back and double check, but I'll show you. I feel like you would remember it. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to give a shout out again and thank you to Sarah for joining us. Of course. Us. Sarah, a.k.a. Cinderella. Yes. <laughs> it's um, just so funny because it's like I had told Katie and Megan this that me and my sisters actually broke our VHS of Cinderella because we've watched it so many times. And I feel, you know, when like you know the words to a movie, you could quote a movie, mm-hmm. but you know all the songs. This movie, I know like the sounds like I know like how she emphasizes the words and like the exact timing of the dinging of the clock so it's like this movie is like a part of my identity (laughs) that is me with Sorcerer's Stone (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah I get it but did you want to plug the Brookhart project Sure. So me and my husband, we live in Central Florida and we have a YouTube channel called The Brookhart Project. We post daily vlogs of our adventures down here. Um, If we're traveling or if we're doing non-Disney related um, events or fun things, we still vlog it. It's just kind of our life down here. And we're also on Instagram at The Brookhart Project, on Twitter as The Brookharts. Then we also have a Facebook page where we discuss Mostly stuff going on in the parks because we're here, but um, also just Disney culture in general. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. Disclaimer, it's addicting. So if you're going to start it, start it. (laughs) And if you appreciate good vlog editing, that's also a good one to watch. Thank you, Megan. Because Sarah does a really great job with editing the vlogs. Yeah, it's kind of become my career or my job. So um, I like putting a lot of of effort into it and we do it every day so we like to switch things up so we keep it fun and fresh and yeah it shows yeah it does well thank you i appreciate <laughs> it i'm so happy it's basically brought you guys back into our life because yeah well i had worked with megan in frontierland in 2011 we're coming up on like when we well you actually were here already because you yeah, were here in that summer um so we're coming up on knowing each other for seven years but there was a period like a long period of time where we didn't really talk and yeah. <laughs> you and that bell with the um, so yeah. yeah it was it was nice us like posting on like that's the power of social media people always blast it but it has so much more good to it so it has a lot of good to it it brought us back to you guys yeah and now I get to join in the fun of Sarah yeah. because you yeah because Katie didn't even work at Disney whenever we knew each other apparently I right. met Sarah when I went down there but you did you were in was it a Tigger costume, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were Tigger and you were Eeyore. Yeah. Yep. I remember that. Yeah. I was at the, like, at the, like, where you pick up your photos at Splash Mountain. I have a really good memory, so don't feel bad for not remembering. Oh. I, it's, my memory she is terrible. literally remembers nothing. Like, important <laughs> things. I can remember, like, the first 151 Pokemon, no problem. But, like, important <laughs> things. Meg's like, you don't remember that? And I'm like, no, now I feel like a terrible person. That's a moment in our life. It's gone. Yeah. Huh. And now you guys get to meet Peter because neither of you really knew Peter before. Yeah. So yes. he's a he's something else. Mm-hmm. Peter is awesome. He's Prince Charming. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, we'll stop praising your husband. So, <laughs> grown-up kids can be found on Podbean, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, and TuneIn. So make sure that you subscribe so you can be sure to get our latest episode as soon as it's available. You can also find us on social media and join in on the conversation. We're on Facebook at Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. We also have a Facebook group discussion page where I have posted a comprehensive list of every single movie that we're going to be doing on the podcast with availability as to whether or not we have a spot open for a guest for that uh, episode or not. So if you're interested in being on an episode, head on over to our Facebook page and click files and then you'll see it says movie list and availability. And then you can see what is available and just message us on Facebook, comment on the post where it is. I actually pinned it to the top of our group as well. Or you can send us an email at grownupkidspodcast at gmail.com and I will let you know if it is still available. Um, And then we can have you on the show. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at grownupkidspod. Um, You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash grownupkidspod to gain access to our bonus episodes. This week's bonus episode is going to be all about Cinderella 2, so make sure that you listen in. We're going to be watching Cinderella 2 and doing an episode much like our normal ones, just on the sequels and the direct-to-video movies throughout our series. We're going to try and correlate them with what has come out. So we're probably going to do like Cinderella 2 and then Cinderella 3 since this one just came out and then we'll we'll go back and do like Bambi 2 and Dumbo 2 and the ones that we missed because we didn't really have a solid plan on Patreon until last week. So um, <laughs> no shame in that. Yeah. You also can have the opportunity to watch along with us once a month. We'll pick a movie that we're covering that month and then we'll do like a live stream with you and discuss the movie as we watch it. And um, I already said all of that. I'm sorry, guys. I need to rewrite this ending. So make sure that you (laughs) (laughs) uh, send us your Disney memories to grownupkidspodcast.gmail.com. It can be anything Disney related. It doesn't have to be park related memory. Send it our way and we'll be sure to read it on a future episode. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you watch Treasure Island ahead of next week's episode. And don't forget, adults are only kids grown up anyway. All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.